Welcome to Zichru Dafsi Mani Mamarei Avram Goldar and Tirma Sechus Bamatsia Dab Base. The first parak Shnaim Ochsin. This parak has been dedicated in memory of Mr. Moishi Horn, where Moshe Manis Ben Yaakov Yitzchak by his children Devora and Dov Elias. May his neshama have an aliyah. I want to welcome all of our new members who are joining us and wish everyone continued Hatzlach as we begin the twenty-second Masechta in this Daf Yomi Machzor. So the three topics are going to focus on, number one, the opening Mishnah states, Shnaim Ochsim Batalas, two people came before a based in holding a cloak. Ze'omer Animat Sasiyah, Ve'ze'omer Animat Sasiyah. This one says, I found it. And this one says, I found it. Ze'omer Kulashali, Ve'ze'omer Kulashali. This one says, it's all mine. And this one says, it's all mine. The law is that each one swears, She'enu Babachas Machesiyah, that he owns not less than a half of it, Ve'yechuloku, and they divide it. If one claimed the entire cloak is his, and the other claimed that half of it is his, then the first swears that he owns no less than three-fourths of it, and the second swears that he owns no less than one-fourth, and it's divided accordingly. Point number two, the one asks why the Mishnah describes two cases, where each claims, I found it, and where each claims, it's all mine. After the first suggestion is rejected, it concludes, The first case of, I found it, refers to a found cloak. And the second case of, it's all mine, refers to a case of buying and selling, where each claims to be the buyer. The Gemara explains that if only one case was taught, one might have thought that only in that case, one might rationalize that he's not stealing outright. Regarding a found item, the finder's not losing anything he had, as opposed to a purchase where he troubled himself to obtain it because he needs it. On the other hand, regarding a purchase, the buyer will not lose monetarily since this person is prepared to give money as opposed to a found item where the finder will lose monetarily. One would think that only where one is rationalizing, a shvu is effective to discourage him, but where he's not rationalizing but stealing outright, a shvu will not deter him. So the cloak cannot be given to anyone without proof. The Mishnah therefore teaches that a shavu is administered in both cases. And point number three, the Gemara asks that the Mishnah which rules the cloak is divided with a shavu does not accord with Simchas, who holds money whose ownership is uncertain is divided between them without a shavu. Although the Rabban normally hold that is where the property is in the owner's possession, but here, the Taravayotav say, that both are physically grasping it, they hold it's divided with a shavu. The more first answer is that Simchus agrees that where both parties are certain, bari or bari, that a shvuah would be required, but this is a matter of dispute. It then attempts to answer that Simchus does not require a only where there is drawer de mamona, a loss of money, such as paying for a killed cow fetus, but would require a in our Mishnah where there is no true monetary loss. The found item was a windfall, and regarding the purchase, the purchase money is refunded. The Gemara rejects this as contrary to logic and concludes that the Shavu is a special rabbinical enactment. So that every person should not go and seize his fellow's cloak and claim, it's mine. So once again, the three points are number one. The opening Mishnah states, Two people came before a basin holding a cloak. This one says, I found it. And this one says, I found it. This one says, it's all mine. And this one says, it's all mine. The law is that each one swears that he owns not less than a half of it, and they divide it. If one claimed the entire cloak is his, and the other claimed that half of it is his, then the first swears that he owns no less than three-fourths of it, and the second swears that he owns no less than one-fourth, and it's divided accordingly. Point number two, the one asks why the Mishnah describes two cases, where each claims, I found it, and where each claims, it's all mine. After the first suggestion is rejected, it concludes, The first case of, I found it, refers to a found cloak, and the second case of, it's all mine, refers to a case of buying and selling, where each claims to be the buyer. The Gemara explains that if only one case was taught, 
one might have thought that only in that case one might rationalize that he's not stealing outright. Regarding a found item, the finder is not losing anything he had, as opposed to a purchase where he troubled himself to obtain it because he needs it. On the other hand, regarding a purchase, the buyer will not lose monetarily, since this person is prepared to give money, as opposed to a found item where the finder will lose monetarily. One would think that only where one is rationalizing, a shvua is effective to discourage him, but where he's not rationalizing, but stealing outright, a shvua will not deter him. So the cloak cannot be given to anyone without proof. The Mishnah therefore teaches that a shavu is administered in both cases. And point number three, the Gemara asks that the Mishnah which rules the cloak is divided with a shavu does not accord with Simchas, who holds money whose ownership is uncertain is divided between them without a shavu. Although the Rabbana normally hold that is where the property is in the owner's possession, but here, the Tarvayotav say that both are physically grasping it. They hold it's divided with a shavu. The more first answer is that Simchas agrees that where both parties are certain, bari or bari, that a shvua would be required, but this is a matter of dispute. It then attempts to answer that Simchas does not require a shvua only where there is drawer de mamona, a loss of money, such as paying for a killed cow fetus, but would require a shvua in our Mishnah where there is no true monetary loss. The found item was a windfall, and regarding the purchase, the purchase money is refunded. The Gemara rejects this as contrary to logic and concludes that the Shavu is a special rabbinical enactment. So that every person should not go and seize his fellow's cloak and claim it's mine. All right, so now we go to Simadab base, and our standard Simon is a bias, a house. So here goes. Because of the conflicts in front of the tallest seller's house, involving two men holding on to opposite sides of a talus, each claiming, I found it, and two other men claiming to be the buyer, of a talus, a basin was set up where taking a shul was required in the rabbinate to divide the items to prevent people from grabbing cloaks of others and claiming it is theirs. So once again, it's a motion. Because of the conflicts in front of the tallest seller's house, house, that must more off base, bias. Because of the conflicts in front of the tallest seller's house involving two men holding on to opposite sides of a talus, each claiming, I found it, which reminds us, the opening mission states, Shnaim Ochsim Batalus, two people came before Basin holding a cloak. Zeomer Animatsasia, Zeomer Animatsasia. This one says, I found it, this one says, I found it. Zeomer Kulashali, Zeomer Kulashali. This one says, It's all mine, and this one says, It's all mine. The law is that each one swears, that he owns not less than half of it, and they divide it. So, because of the conflicts in front of the Talus seller's house, involving two men holding on to opposite sides of a Talus, each claiming, I found it, and two other men claiming to be the buyer of a talus, which reminds us, the Gemara asks why the Mishnah describes two cases where each claims I found it, and where each claims it's all mine. After the first suggestion is rejected, it concludes, The first case of I found it refers to a found cloak, and the second case where they said it's all mine refers to a case of buying and selling where each claims to be the buyer. The Gemara explains that if only one case was taught, one might have thought that only in that case one might rationalize that he's not stealing outright. So, because of the conflicts in front of the Talus seller's house, involving two men holding onto opposite sides of a Talus, each claiming, I found it, and two other men claiming to be the buyer of a Talus, a basin was set up where taking a Shavuot was required by the Rabbanan to divide the items, to prevent people from grabbing cloaks of others, and claiming, it is theirs, which reminds us. The Gemara asks that the mission which rules the cloak is divided with a shvua does not accord with Simchas, who holds money whose ownership is uncertain is divided between them without a shvua. The Gemara concludes that the shvua is a special takana de shalihu, so that every person should not go and seize his fellow's cloak and claim it's mine. So once again,
Because of the conflicts in front of the talus seller's house, involving two men holding onto opposite sides of a talus, each claiming, I found it, and two other men claiming to be the buyer of a talus, a basin was set up where taking a shvu was required by the rabban to divide the items to prevent people from grabbing cloaks of others and claiming it is theirs. All right, so now it's time for four blah blah chazara. Daf Kuftez Zain. So the Simmer Daf Kuftez Zain is a barber giving haircuts. So here goes. While the wet donkey driver who saved his friend's donkey from the river while allowing his donkey to be lost was getting his haircut, haircut, that must mean we're on Duff Kuftez Zain. Haircuts. While the wet donkey driver who saved his friend's donkey from the river while allowing his donkey to be lost was getting his haircut using the money he was reimbursed with, despite his donkey surviving, which reminds us, Rav Ghana asked Rav, regarding one who stipulated to be reimbursed for allowing his donkey to be lost to save his fellow's donkey, if he went down to save his fellow's donkey and his own donkey came up from the river on his own, can he still claim reimbursement? Since he was mafkirit at the time, he simply acquired an owner's donkey, so perhaps his retrieval would not impact his right to reimbursement. Ravans and Mishamai Rachimole. From heaven, they had mercy on him to keep his donkey alive, and he retains his right to reimbursement. So, while the wet donkey driver who saved his friend's donkey from the river, while allowing his donkey to be lost, was getting his haircut using the money he was reimbursed with, despite his donkey surviving, the barber didn't notice the people in the caravan outside paying ransom to some bandits according to the amount of money each were carrying, which reminds us of Brysatot regarding a caravan traveling in the wilderness, and a troop came against it to plunder it, but accepted a ransom. They calculate the members' contributions of the ransom by the amount of money they're carrying, and do do not calculate by the number of people in the caravan because the threat was only a financial one. So, while the wet donkey driver who saved his friend's donkey from the river while allowing his donkey to be lost was getting his haircut using the money he was reimbursed with, despite his donkey surviving, the barber didn't notice the people in the caravan outside paying ransom to some bandits according to the amount of money each were carrying, right next to where someone was showing his neighbor's field to the king's agents, causing them to confiscated, which reminds us, if someone showed someone else's field to agents of the king who were seeking property to seize, causing them to confiscate it, he's liable to pay. Tosos explains he's liable for this indirect damage under the principle of Dinadagarmi. Daf Kuf Yudzain. So the Sim Daf Kuf Yudzain is a gabai with a lot of keys. So here goes. When the gabai with a lot of keys, gabai with a lot of keys, that must be more Daf Kuf Yudzain. When the Gabbai with a lot of keys was forced to show the idolater, where the rabbi kept his money in his study, which reminds us, Rav Huna Bar Yehuda told Rava about an incident of a Jew was forced by idolaters to show them his fellow's money, and he obligated him to pay. Rava told him to retract based on a brisa. If a Jew was forced by idolaters to show them his fellow's money, Pater, he's exempt. But if he took the money and gave it to the idolater by hand, he is chayev. So when the Gabbai with a lot of keys was forced to show the idolater where the rabbi kept his money in his study, he was shocked when he saw through the window into the base midrash, the rabbi giving shir getting challenged by a rabbi sitting in the seventh row, which reminds us, the more brings the story of Rav Kahana fleeing to Eretz Yisrael, and then sitting in Rabbi Yochanan's shir, being advised not to challenge Rabbi Yochanan for seven years, the more relates what caused Rav Kahana to do so, and then a subsequent death and revival. So when the guy with a lot of keys was forced to show the idolater, where the rabbi kept his money in his study, he was shocked when he saw through the window into the base midrash the rabbi giving shear, getting challenged by a rabbi sitting in the seventh row, as a river flooded a stone field outside and started flooding the room, which reminds us the next mission states, Shatfanar, if someone stole a field and a river flooded it and destroyed it, the robber can say to the owner, Behold, what is yours is before you. Land cannot be legally stolen, so it remains in the owner's possession. Therefore, any damage to the land unrelated to the robbery, is not the robber's responsibility. In a bright about the same case, Rabbi Yezer says, he is obligated to provide him with another field. 
Daf Kuf Yud Ches. So the Simon Daf Kuf Yud Ches is Kichol. So here goes. The two men in a dispute where one said the other owed him a box of Kichol. Kichol? That must be on Daf Kuf Yud Ches. The two men in a dispute where one said the other owed him a box of Kichol, and the other said he wasn't sure if he owed him, which reminds us, the Gemara discusses one who claims to be owed a money from his fellow who responds that he does not know. Rav Huna and Rav Yudah say he must pay. Bari Bishama, Bari Adif. Where the claimant is certain and the defendant is uncertain, the claimant who is certain is stronger. Rav Nachman and Rav Yochanan say he's exempt. Keep the money in its current owner's possession until proof is brought. So the two men in a dispute where one said the other owed him a box of kichel, and the other said he wasn't sure if he owed him, didn't wake up the shepherd who was dreaming of sheep jumping over a kichel and wasn't aware of the thief returning a stolen sheep to the pen, which reminds us, the next mission teaches that if one stole a sheep from someone's flock and returned it without notifying the owner, he remains responsible if it dies or it's stolen, meaning it remains in his domain until its proper return. If the owner was unaware of the theft and its return, and counted the flock and found it complete, the thief is exempt from future damages. Four opinions are presented regarding returning stolen sheep, which impact the interpretation of the Mishnah. So the two men in a dispute where one said the other owed him a box of kichel, and the other said he wasn't sure if he owed him, didn't wake up the shepherd who was dreaming of sheep jumping over a kichel, and wasn't aware of the thief returning a stolen sheep to the pen, and ignored the shepherd's wife who was trying to sell them some woolen garments, telling them to conceal them, which reminds us, the Mishnah details materials that may be purchased from women without suspicion, they were taken with their husbands without permission, and adds, but any woman who told the purchaser to conceal his purchase, it's prohibited to purchase it because it appears the item was stolen. Daf Kufyotes, so the simmer Daf Kufyotes is a kite. So here goes. While the kite enthusiast, kite, that must be more Daf Kufyotes. While the kite enthusiast directed his kamikaze kites to smash into the windows of an informer's home, which reminds us, Rav Huna and Rav Yehuda argue about destroying Mama Masar, the property of an informer. One held Mutar Abdul Biyad, it is permitted to destroy his property with one's hand, direct, because his money shouldn't be more stringent than his body. Since it's permitted to kill him, it stands to reason his property may certainly be destroyed. The other held Asul Abdul, it's forbidden to destroy because perhaps he'll have righteous ascendants. So, while the kite enthusiast directed his kamikaze kites to smash into the windows of an informer's home, while using his cop kite to stop a robber from stealing a small kite worth of Shavapruta, since it's like taking away... The victim's soul, which reminds us, Rabbi Yochanan said, Anyone who steals a pruta's worth from his fellow is as if he took his soul from him. So, while the kite enthusiast directed his kamikaze kites to smash into the windows of an informer's home, while using his cop kite to stop a robber from stealing a small kite worth a shava pruta, since it's like taking away the victim's soul, the craftsman he had commissioned to build him some more kites was busy at work and keeping the shavings, which reminds us. The final Mishnah lists materials left over from various crafts, such as threads removed by a launderer, a tailor, and others, and teaches which belong to the craftsman, because the owner of the original material is not particular about them, and which belong to the owner. Shavings removed by small tools belong to the carpenter, but those removed by a hatchet belong to the owner. It concludes, If he was working on the owner's property, even the sawdust from drilling belongs to the owner. All right, so now it's time to conclude our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which of them that when bandits accept ransom from people in a caravan, they calculate the members' contributions to the ransom by the amount of money they each are carrying? That's on Duff. Kuftazine, good number two. Which of them and why the mission included both cases of two people claiming to find a lost talus and two people claiming to buy the same item? That's on Duff. Good. Number three. Which of the one a craftsman can keep the shavings from the wood since the owner is not mockbeat on them? That's on Duff. 
Kufiyot task. Good number four. Which is when a thief's makshava for a stolen items such as mats makes them susceptible to be makabotuma? And we discussed the nafkamina, whether it's a ganav or a gazlan that's on dav. Kufiyot dal. Good number five. Which duffy of the Mishnah which presents the case of shnaim ochazim matalis that's on dav? Good number six. Which stuff do you discuss what the din is when showing someone's property to idolaters under duress? That's on Duff. Kufi Adzain. Good number seven. Which stuff do you the din of a thief returning a sheep to the pen without the owner's knowledge? That's on Duff. Good number eight. Which stuff do we learn that the Rabbanim of Matakan so that people should not go around grabbing cloaks off others and claiming it's theirs? That's on Duff. Good. Number nine. Which stuff in the case of one who pours out his wine barrel to save someone's honey and the question of his compensation? That's on Duff. Kuftas above. Good. Number ten. Which stuff we have a moko? Because if one is permitted to destroy an informer's property, that's on Duff. Kufiyot test. Excellent. That concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Ram Goldhar from Zichur. Wishing you a great day and great learning.